The Recap on Top Sport with Michael Abramson. And we can go straight into our Formula One chat. We're going to have to keep it fairly brief, I'm afraid, but there's so much to talk about in the in the world of Formula One. And a Red Bull 1-2, but not quite going the way that many people were expecting it to With in terms of the personnel. I'm joined on the line once again by Prince Ndueni, our Formula One correspondent. Prince, a great race in Baku, very exciting, and a certain Mexican burning up the track, so to speak. Yes, great to be back, Michael. Uh, very exciting in certain pockets, but I'd someone argue that, well, I'd argue, I myself would argue that 80 to 90% of that race was a bit of a snooze fest, okay. but we didn't really bring as, as much excitement as I think a one-month break <laughs> would build up for, for Formula 1 fans. <laughs> but uh, it, it's called on track nonetheless, and I think the build-up to it was great. There's always this banter up going back and forth. I think the hottest talking point was Max Verstappen saying he knows the format of sprint racing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was the ultimate test. Uh, we spoke in, in passing, I think, about it in the preview that it's a new format and things of that nature. So seeing it actually happen was, was interesting. I think what we expected, which was difficulty adapting in a short period of time with only one free practice session, we saw a lot of teams struggle with that, acclimatizing very quickly. Alpine was one of them. I'd say um, their car completely, both of their cars broke down on the Friday. So you can imagine how bad the weekend then went for them. Um, But other than that, I think it was mostly just trying to get up to speed with very little information, which is the challenge. And I suppose it's a a data-driven sport. So I I suppose a lot of the teams had to sort of um, think on the fly or sometimes even borrow from information they have from last year because they didn't have many, many practice sessions. But otherwise, yeah, it, it went really as expected. Charles Leclerc, we spoke about him. You mentioned the, the other day that he's a Baku specialist, three pole positions in a row. Couldn't, couldn't keep his pole position effectively throughout the race, but still ending third. Um, how do you interpret that particular performance? Yeah, third, third is the highest he could have gone because when we enter into the race, it, it comes down to race pace. Now, your one lap pace is, is put out the window. Um, your strategy has to be more conservative. You're looking at preserving the tyres a bit more. And playing to your strengths, and ultimately Ferrari with their best swing at the moment can get a third place, given that Red Bull is just so far ahead of everyone else. It, it was Checo versus Max the entire time. Yeah. So I think he did pretty well. He is showing good signs for Ferrari of progress at the moment. So we'll see how they, they um, sort of take each race as it comes and if this translates into the rest of the season. Red Bull now almost 100 points ahead of Aston Martin after four races. It's astonishing, that's that statistic. We spoke briefly about it on Friday. Yeah. Uh, is anybody going to be able to put up some sort of a challenge, or is it now basically a race for second place? It's, it's, it's definitely a race for... I, I'd argue a race for third place, because uh, if, okay. if Checo Perez manages, manages to get more wins, uh-huh. uh, Michael, it's going to be a tight championship fight in the Red Bull stable. I think it's a, it's a vice for third at the moment. Um, and, and look at how the, the points gap between Max and um, and Checo. Well, of course, I, I know you're referring to the, 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 the Constructors' Championship. Yeah, yeah. But um, the, 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 excitement, the friction at the moment is really <laughs> building up with the drivers. And in-house in Red Bull, there's a bit of a fight there. Look yeah. at how there's only a handful of points between Max and Checo. I think that is going to be an interesting storyline to watch for for the rest of the season. And then just finally, before we've spoken plenty about the race, but I need to talk to you about a South African having an incredible weekend. Brad Binder, firstly, uh, winning the sprint at the Spanish Grand Prix on Saturday, edging out defending, the defending champion by 0.48 of a second. And then, unbelievably, ending second in Jerez uh, in the Grand Prix proper after losing a lead it held until the 20th of 24 laps. What a weekend for Brad Binder. 
Yes, and, and on a consistent run of form, it's his second sprint race that he's won in MotoGP so far. And this, this translates into him being third overall in the championship. So the sprint race is really, the sprint racing format, it came with contention just like with Formula One. I mean, it's a sprint race in every weekend, but you can see the benefits for teams that are sort sort of punching above their weight. But you can argue that KTM are definitely a top three, top four, top five team um, comfortably and can actually swing for several podium positions, even wins. But um, Brad Binder, fantastic performance, definitely um, a, a race win contender for the rest of the season. He's outperformed his teammate Jack Miller, obviously, I mean, having been more familiar with the KTM equipment. But I think it's he needs this consistency. I think if he swings harder for the sprint races, it's going to help him where, where where the tracks lend to um, the strength of a Ducati, for example, later on in the season. I think the sprint races are going to help him cause a bit of trouble there at the top in the championship. Fantastic. Prince, I wish we had a bit more time, but unfortunately time is not on our side tonight. Prince Adiweni, Formula One correspondent, chatting to us about the weekend's motorsport action.